0: you have your Bibles tonight, Ezekiel chapter 47, Ezekiel chapter 47 and verses 1 through 5, and I, I apologize, you probably think my voice is going in and out, this is my, I don't, please don't mistake, I'm not trying, I'm not no spirit of pride or anything, this is the third time preaching today, so if my voice comes and goes, that's why I'm not My voice is wore out, but God is in this place. How many of you know God's in this place today? Man, Ezekiel 47 1 through 5 says, Afterward, he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out. Everybody say, waters. Waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters, everybody say, the waters. The waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Then brought me, then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward and led me about the way without unto the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters. Everybody say waters, waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits. Which is about a quarter of a mile, and he brought me through the waters. Everybody say the waters. The waters were to the ankles. Again he measured a thousand, another quarter mile, now half a mile, and brought me through the waters. Everybody say the waters. The waters were to the knees. Again he measured a thousand, about three quarters of a mile, and brought me through and the waters, everybody say the waters. The waters were to the loins. Afterward he measured a thousand, about a mile away from the sanctuary where the waters started running. Just a mile away, it says, and it was a river. All the other verses said it was just waters. But by the time it started and went about a mile distance away, it was no longer just waters, but now it was a river. Everybody say a river that could not pass over. Why? For the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river. Everybody say a river. A river that could not be passed over. Man, I know this portion of scripture's been preached over many times and if you've been ever been in church a long period of time, you've probably heard these verses preached before. But tonight I'm not just here to preach about the waters and the rivers, but I want to preach to you about where the rivers where the river flows. Where the river flows. Look at your neighbor and say where the river flows. Man, the the river wasn't just aimlessly flowing, but it had an intent. And it had purpose, and it was going to a certain place. And tonight, I want to preach to us where the river flows. God, we thank you for your presence within this place tonight. God, we are so excited to be in your house, Lord, calling upon your name. God, you are mighty and glorious, Lord. You have filled this sanctuary already, God, but let there be river that will flow forth from this sanctuary. God, let there be rivers that will flow forth from us, Lord, as we do your work, God. God, we believe you to do the miraculous, Lord, to do great and mighty things, and we give you the praise. We give you the glory, and we give you the honor. In Jesus' name, and everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you. You can be seated man Ezekiel is writing here and you have to understand where Ezekiel is coming from Ezekiel is he was born a priest but yet he was not able to function as a priest the the time of this time period when Ezekiel writes the whole book of Ezekiel is written from a place of captivity Ezekiel chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 says now it came to pass in the thirteenth year in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives. Ezekiel was a captive while he is writing this entire book. But he said, "Do you know what? I'm not going to allow the 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 fact that I'm a captive. He was born a priest. He was a Levite. He was a priest. He was supposed to be in Jerusalem. He was supposed to be in Israel. He was supposed to be working in the temple. But but Israel had been overtaken. The the walls of the city had been destroyed. The temple had been destroyed. And so he he felt like he was away without a home. And here he is, Ezekiel in captivity. And and he doesn't just give up on God. He doesn't just throw in the town, but the Bible says while he was among the captives by the river of Shabar, that the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. Even in the midst of captivity, Ezekiel said, I could still see the Lord. Kind of sounded like Isaiah when he said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. Ezekiel said, it doesn't matter that I'm in captivity. It doesn't matter what my circumstances are. It doesn't matter what's going on right now in my life. But what matters is I can still see God. Amen. What would happen in this world today if we could get some people in the church that might be going through some situations, some problems, some circumstances, but they still come to church and say, yeah, everything might be going wrong, but I still see Jesus. I still feel the master hallelujah i can remember growing up the church i grew up in our organ player Um uh, and one year she lost her mom her mom died about two months after her mom died her uh, she had two twin uh, it was a granddaughter and a grandson two twins the the granddaughter died about two months after her mom passed away About three months after that, I'll never forget, on uh, November the 30th, uh, 2002, November 30th, 2002, her two sons died. They were electrocuted in her front yard de- putting up decorations from Christmas. Amen. So she lost her mom. She lost her, her granddaughter. She lost her two sons. When her two sons died, they had to sedate her in the hospital. Matter of fact, just two days before her two sons died, her uh, her husband had his leg amputated. He was a diabetic. When they died, he was in the hospital. And, and they sat all night that night, the pastor sat with them, Brother Moran. And he said all night he was crying and screaming, saying, I want to see my boys. I want to see my boys, but they were dead and gone. Man, that that next, uh, how many people would have said, you know what, Th- this God thing isn't working, this church thing isn't working, every, everything bad's happening, but you know what, every service she came, she was still on the organ, she still worshiped God, and I watched his family members of hers would see her faithfulness to God, and they would come to church. Why? Not because they, they heard some great thing was going on in church, but because they said, hey, this woman still loves loving God and serving God, and I can't understand why, but she's still loving God and praising God, and they would come to church. Well, her husband had his leg amputated. He was a backslider, amen, but because she was faithful, amen, that that happened November 30th, but but in March, I'll never forget the night he was there in his wheelchair. The preacher got done preaching, and he looked up at his wife, and he said, what are you waiting for at the altar call? He looked at her and said, what are you waiting for? She said, I'm going. He said, no, take me up. There there amen she grabbed and hold the wheelchair she pushed him up to the front amen he he, he stood up with those uh w- with his uh crutches he stood up on his crutches and god filled him with the gift of the holy ghost that night hallelujah less than a month later he passed away but he passed away redeemed hallelujah he passed away forgiven hallelujah he passed away saved hallelujah And and I'm saying that to say this, Ezekiel's going through all this mess, but he said, I still see visions of God. You want to impact your community, hallelujah, Then, then keep coming to church whenever there's bad things happening. Whenever there's situations and circumstances, say, I'm going to the house of the Lord. I'm going to rejoice in the God of my salvation. Hallelujah. And so his captivity is full of these things. And in verse 2, it said, in the fifth day of the month, which is the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity. Once again, captivity. Verse 3, the word of the Lord came expressly into Ezekiel, the priest. Can I tell you, even in bad circumstances, God is able to still speak. And the word came in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Shabar. And the hand of the Lord was there upon him hallelujah in the midst of captivity ezekiel said god's hand was still there on me god didn't leave me god didn't forsake me like they sung while ago god you never left me you're the covenant keeping god god your hand was there all the time Hallelujah! In Ezekiel three and fourteen, we see it still there in captivity. But he said, "The hand of the Lord was strong upon me." Ezekiel eight and one, still in the land of captivity. But he said, "The hand of the Lord fell there upon me." Still in Ezekiel thirty-three, still in captivity, verse twenty-two. But yet he proclaimed, "The hand of the Lord was upon me in the evening." In chapter thirty-seven, he's still there in captivity. But Ezekiel thirty-seven, he said, "The hand of the Lord." Lord was upon me. Anybody get in the picture tonight? Hallelujah. Ezekiel chapter 40. He's still there in captivity, but he said, the hand of the Lord was upon me. Can I tell you today, it doesn't matter where you're at. It matters is his hand still upon you. It doesn't matter what you're going through, but can you still feel the hand of God today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Israel's been, Jerusalem's been overrun. Its walls have been destroyed and and the city's been taken, It's just been decimated. And sometimes we, we, we feel like the church has just been under attack and sometimes we feel like it's just been decimated. But in Ezekiel chapter 40, God gives Ezekiel a vision and it's a vision of those walls of Jericho, or not Jericho, the walls of Jerusalem. And when he sees those walls of Jerusalem, they're not torn down or destroyed, but Ezekiel sees walls that are built up. Hallelujah. He begins to rejoice. Why? That's the city he longs to be at. He's in captivity, but his heart's in Jerusalem. And God begins to show him in chapter 40 those walls rebuilt. And then in chapter 41, he shows him not just the walls rebuilt, but he also shows him the temple. Everybody say the temple. Now Ezekiel's a priest of God. But he has been serving without a temple. His his life has been in captivity. He longs for the temple. But in chapter 41, God begins to show Ezekiel the temple. And, and he begins to get excited as he sees a vision of the angel measuring the temple. And, and Brother Dylan, as he's there excited, he, he watches through chapter 41 and, and chapter 42. And finally, he sees in chapter 43, Ezekiel 43 through. 3 through 5, or 4 through 5, it says, And the glory of the Lord came into the house. Hallelujah. Ezekiel wants to be at that temple so bad, but but it's it's been destroyed. But he said, I can see it. But not only can I see the temple, he said, I see the glory of the Lord coming into the temple. Verse 5 says, so the spirit took me up and brought me into the inner court and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house. Hallelujah. He said, it was just like when Solomon first dedicated it. He said, just as the glory of God filled it then. He said, I know it's torn down. I know it's destroyed, he said, but you don't understand. I see the glory filling the temple. I see the glory moving in. Hallelujah. Verse number 4 of Ezekiel 44, the next chapter, he said, I looked and behold the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. And Ezekiel's excited. Why? Because the glory has filled the house, and, and we rejoice in our, when we come to church, and the glory fills this place. How awesome is it? Can anybody testify tonight that you like it when the glory shows up? That's what we live for when the glory shows up. but Chapter 44 is not the ending. Amen. God, God's glory filling the house is not the end result man, God's glory feeling the house is not what god how God just desires for it to stop and end, but he goes through chapter forty five and forty six and and he's told what offerings to offer. he's told how the priests should act there in the temple of God, and then we get to what we read tonight. we get to Isaiah or ezekiel chapter forty seven and he said and and I saw that house at that temple he said there was waters. It issued out from under the threshold of the door. Man, are there any carpenters here tonight? All right, a, a, a threshold, brother. How big's a threshold? We talking about something like this? Threshold, something very small, right? All right, does, is there anybody like me in the house that absolutely hates when you're walking through your house in socks? And somebody spilled ice on the floor and they didn't pick it up and it melted its water and you step on it with those clean socks and those socks get wet. Anybody can't stand that. Man, water start issuing out from underneath the threshold. It's not a lot of water. It's just enough to get the bottom of the socks wet. Just a tiny bit of water, but it's something issuing out. Man, chapter number 43 and 44, the glory filled the house, but God said, I'm not satisfied with my glory just filling the house. He said, I want something to go forth. He said, it's not enough just for my glory to come in. He said, I will for something to go out of the house. Hallelujah. And these waters start issuing out, and at first it looks like it's just a little bit of water, just enough water to get your socks wet. But, but the, the angel said, come on, I want to show you. He said he took them a quarter of a mile. Now it's not just enough water to get the socks wet, but a quarter of a mile away, it's up to the ankles. He said, Don't stop there. Go, let's go a half a mile, that go a half a mile. And it's no longer just to the ankles, but now it's to the knees. Amen. Can I tell you tonight when when there's just a little bit that goes forth from the house? When there's just a little bit that flows out. It might not seem like much. It might just be a little deed, or, or it might just be, oh, it, it, it's just a, it's just a recovery program, Brother Dylan. Brother Dylan, it's nothing but a prison ministry, it's nothing but a jail ministry. But can I tell you when the there's a little bit that flows out. All of a sudden, it begins to churn and begins to flow. A man three quarters of a mile away, it's water to the loins. By the time they get a mile, it's water deep enough to swim in. As a matter of fact, he said it's no longer just waters, but now it's a river. Hallelujah! There's a river. Hallelujah. Can I tell somebody tonight, hallelujah, you've been working and you've been doing some recovery programs and and you've been going to some jail ministry and some prison ministry and the the devil's been trying to tell you, hey, you just need to stop that. It's not a mountain to much. But can I tell you, God doesn't just want his glory to come in, but he wants waters to issue out. Hallelujah. When the waters begin to issue out, they're not just running out, but there is a purpose in their running. Hallelujah. He didn't just show them, hey, it's been going to become a mighty river. But but I want us to continue through Ezekiel chapter 47, verse number 6. It said, and he said unto me, son of man, hast thou seen this? Have you seen how just a little bit that goes out, how it turns into something so mighty and so powerful like a river? It said, then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Now, when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other. Then said he unto me, these waters issue out toward the east country. Everybody say the east country. And go down into the desert. Everybody say desert. Can you stay with me for a few minutes? He said into the desert and go into the sea. Not go into a sea, but the sea. Now, now we know based on where the the temple was located at that, that Br- brother Dylan if he was to go to the east side if, if waters was to run out the east side they would run into a particular river that river is called the Jordan River that Jordan River oftentimes would flood and and we know through geography the uh, theologians they all agree when he said it went into a desert place into the sea they all agree all theologians there's no argument there's no speculation they all agree that where these waters went where this water flowed to everybody say where the river flows where this river was going to it would flow downhill how many of you know water always flows down Uh, has anybody ever seen water flow up now i know you can with with uh with dikes and dams and different things, you can get water to rise. I understand that. You can you can do piping in such a way where it will flow uphill, but water on its own doesn't flow uphill. How many of you know water runs downhill? And so this river, we know through geographic location, we know exactly what what, what sea he's talking about. So when I went to the desert place and it flowed into the sea, it's a particular sea. Does anybody know what sea the sea is? Does anybody know? Look at your neighbor and say it's the Dead Sea. Does anybody know what's important about the Dead Sea? It's dead. Amen. Very good. It's dead. The lowest point on earth. Look at your neighbor and say the lowest point. The lowest point on the face of the earth that is outside of the depths of the ocean, of course. I'm talking about on, on, on dry ground. The lowest point on earth is the Dead Sea. And every theologian agrees there's no, there's no arguments, there's no speculation, everybody. They all agree that the sea that this river ran into was a dead sea. Man, what are you saying, Brother Scully? I'm saying when something issues out from the church, it's going with the purpose. But it's not just going to the elite. It's not just going to the, the esteem. But but God is saying, I can reach into the lowest of the low. I can reach into the lowest place. Hallelujah. In the, the, the pit of your despair. amen. There, in this generation, there's more people going through anxiety and fear than, than any generation before. But can I tell you, we serve a God that waters can issue out of the church. And there is a river that can meet them in the midst of their anxiety and their oppression and their fear God can flow into the lowest of the low amen that river went into the lowest place of the face of the earth amen and listen to what happens it says and he said and when it came into the sea which being brought forth into the sea the waters shall be healed Now, the Jordan River, it flows into the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea because it's the lowest place on earth. And and while waters come into the Dead Sea, there's no water that flows out of it. And so whenever there's no outflow, things begin to die and become stagnant. I'm thankful that apostolic life is not a church that's a stagnant pool, but I'm thankful that this church reaches out. I'm thankful that you're involved in jail ministry in prison ministry and recovery ministry and that you're flowing out. Hallelujah, but, but the Jordan River flows into that Dead Sea. And, and how many of you have read over and over again in the Bible when it talks about the Jordan overflowed its banks? How many of you remember whenever uh, Naaman was told to go dip seven times in the Jordan River and he didn't want to do it? Well, the reason why, Jordan River is a very muddy, murky river. Why? Because of all the rains that come into it. It it picks up all the soil deposits. So it's a very muddy, dirty river, very nasty river uh, most times. But it would oftentimes overflow its banks. And when those flood rivers would come into the Dead Sea for a minute period of time, that fresh water entering the Dead Sea would push back that salt. Now, the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea because of all the salt that's there. Nothing can live. All the, all the evaporation that happens, there's no outflow. It's just stagnant. It's, it's full of death. Now, there are some uh, bacteria that live there, but that's, that's not really life. Man, a little bacteria, that's not life. Bacteria eats life. Man, when you die, it's bacteria that's going to eat you and destroy you. That's not life. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, that's not life. Amen. That destroys life. Amen. But, But that Dead Sea, there's no fish that live in it. But for a short time, when Jordan River would flow into the Dead Sea, there would be some fish that would be able to dwell just in a short area of the Dead Sea. But then as the flood rains would stop, man, they would have to exit again. Why? Because that Dead Sea would expand again. But listen to what Ezekiel says. He says, And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whether the river shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither. For they shall be healed, and everything shall live, whether whether the river cometh. Man, the... The Lord said unto ezekiel it 's not going to be like just the flood waters that come through the Jordan River every once in a while where a little bit of fish live but he said Everything, where this river comes out of the sanctuary, it's not going to stop. It might just look like a little bit, but it's going to turn into a mighty river. And he said there's going to be a life that begins to flow into that dead sea. That lowest point on earth is going to come alive. And there's going to be a rejuvenation that's going to begin to happen. He said and it, uh, "He said it's going to be full of fish. Listen to verse number 10. And it shall come to pass, that the fishers shall stand upon it from Ingda even unto England, and they shall be a place to spread forth nets. Man, when he says this, this is one city on one side and a city on the other. The Dead Sea, I forget, it's somewhere around, uh, it's shrinking in size right now, so you can get different measurements, but it's somewhere around nine miles wide and around 37 miles top to bottom, somewhere rough around there. Uh, but, but it's a good size area. And this is one town on one side, one city on one side, and one city on the other. And so what he says when it's from here to here, he's saying all around the Dead Sea there's going to be fishermen. I mean, nobody goes and fishes at the Dead Sea. Why? Because the Dead Sea's dead. But he said when these waters flow into the Dead Sea, there's going to be life restored into that sea. Listen to the rest of verse number 10. He said, their fish shall be according to their kinds as the fish of the great sea. Now, when it says great sea, theologians agree this is a Mediterranean sea. The Mediterranean sea is known as a sea for uh, that fishermen want to go fish at because there's so many types. And, and God says, matter of fact, the, the Dead Sea is going to become so alive that it's going to be like the Mediterranean sea. Uh, it's not just going to be one church gathering the harvest, but, but there's going to be fishermen spreading their nets from one one shore all around the other side. They're going to be working together. It's not going to be no competition, but there's room for everybody. Hallelujah. It's not just one type of fish. It's not just one type of people, but it's people from all walks of life. It's rich. It's poor. Hallelujah. It's the esteemed and it's the the rejected. Hallelujah. He said there's many kinds of fish exceeding many. Verse 11, he says, but the Maori places thereof. And the marshes thereof shall not be healed. They shall be given to salt. God, why didn't you heal all of it? Man, I can hear Paul saying, God, remove the thorn from my side. Man, but God, what did he say? He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Man, you know, the Dead Sea, it's the largest salt producer. And that salt that's there, you know, animals need salt we need salt if you don't have enough salt in your body you'll start having issues and problems if your sodium gets too low the sodium count in your body we all need salt and so god said i'm not going to take away all the marshy places because i know you still need salt how many of you know we're the salt of the earth it means salt salt in the right amount isn't a bad thing but but whenever it's just uh, too much of it can cause death amen I'm, I'm not saying that there can be too much of the church that's not what i'm saying don't misquote brother scully tonight Amen. But I'm saying here, uh, sometimes, why do I go through the struggles, God? Why, why the marshy places sometimes that I have to go through? God said I'm developing some salt in your life. Amen. Why, when we go, if we never went through hardships, we couldn't have compassion on somebody else going through hardship. Hallelujah. God has redeemed us. Anybody thankful to be redeemed tonight? Hallelujah. It was, it was Peter in his epistle. Peter in his epistle, he said that when we forget that we were. That we were washed from our own sins, from our old sins. He said that, or that we were purged. Rather, he said when we forget that we were purged from our old sins, he said then we become blind, and he he said that that we become blind and cannot see far off. Man, well, he said we lose charity. He, he said we lose brotherly kindness. Hallelujah! Can I tell you when we forget where God brought us from? then we began to lose compassion for the sinner. We begin to to lose compassion for the lowest of the low. But when we remember, hey, God redeemed me, then we can look at him and say, hey, if he did it for me, he can do it for you. Hallelujah, if he did it for me, then he can change and transform you and it it breeds compassion in us. So so sometimes God allows those Maori places to stay in our lives, not not for us to suffer and hurt. Why? But so that we can have compassion on those around about us, that that we can have some understanding for those around about us. uh, The book of Hebrews Hebrews said, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we, yet without sin. What is that saying? That is saying that God went through everything that we go through. He he went through the heartache and pain. He went through the abuse. He went through the hurt. Why? So he could identify with us. How much more sometimes hurt comes in our life, not because we did something wrong, but God says, "I, I want you to experience a little hurt. Why? So that you can show some compassion on this person over here that's going so you could be a witness to them and help pick them up out of their hurt the river flows to the lowest hallelujah verse number 12 says and by the river upon the bank thereof on this side and on that side if you look at pictures of the dead sea there's no there's no large group of trees that lives around the dead sea why because it do- doesn't just kill what's in the sea but it kills out which is around it now there's some places that do there are some trees and they've got some resorts but but when you look at it as a whole there's not a lot of life around the dead sea but when ezekiel sees it he said there's trees all around Man, he said, that sea has been healed. Why? He said in verse 12, on this side and on that side shall grow all trees for meat, whose leaf shall not fade, neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruit according to his months. Why? Because their waters they issued out of the sanctuary, and the fruit thereof shall be for meat and the leaf thereof for medicine. Now, oftentimes when we read this, we stop right there and we say, oh, how awesome. Man, how awesome God's going to bring it about. God's going to bring that healing. God's going to bring that restoration. How many of you are thankful for healing and restoration today? But it was here recently when I was reading, and it was like God prodded me and said, don't stop there. And I was like, but God, all that's left is like all these border stuff. God, all that's left is all this, they're coming back to inheritance. And all of a sudden, it was like, Charlie, you're crazy. Hey, Amen. Why? Because God says when that river flows out, when the church issues forth waters out, and becomes a mighty river. He said there's going to come a healing, but, but listen, they've been in captivity. But God begins to give them their borders again. It begins to show Ezekiel, look, all these tribes that left are going to come back, and they're going to get their inheritance again. What are you saying, Brother Scully? I'm saying that when we as a church, when we don't just have the glory come in, but when we let waters issue out, can I tell you there's some backsliders that have been in captivity that are going to say, you know what, I want to make my way back home. Why? Because there's some waters that are issuing out. Hallelujah. There's some rivers that are going to reach some backsliders, and they're going to come back home to their inheritance hallelujah but not only is there going to be for the backsliders but i want you to hear ezekiel 47 verses 21 through 23 it says so shall ye divide this land unto you according to the tribes of israel that sounds awesome there's people coming back they get back their inheritance but listen to verses 22 and 23 and it shall come to pass that ye shall divide it by lot for an inheritance unto you, and what? And to the strangers. Everybody say the strangers. And to the strangers that sojourn among you. We shall beget children among you, and they shall be unto you as born in the country among the children of Israel. They shall have inheritance with you among the tribes of Israel. And it shall come to pass that in what tribe the stranger sojourneth, there shall ye give him his inheritance, saith the Lord God. God says, not only is a backslider coming back, but he said, there's some strangers that ain't never known anything about this. That whenever there's an outflow, they don't have any connection to this thing. But but there's some strangers that are gonna come in among you and they're gonna get some inheritance. Hallelujah. They're, they're gonna get filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. They're gonna walk into an apostolic church, never known anything about it. And God's gonna reach down and touch them. And because there's a river that's flowing forth, they're gonna be filled with the Holy Ghost in their life are going to be transformed and changed as we stand in the house tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Sister Scully comes right now to the music. Hallelujah. Come on, honey. Hallelujah. As we stand across the house, God is reaching for some people tonight that he wants to take you from just experiencing the glory in this house to God. I want to be a part of what flows out. Amen. Now, when I say this, please, I don't know who's involved in what ministry. I have no idea. And I'm not here to cause guilt or shame in anybody. Hallelujah. But I pray it's not just the elders going to the jail ministry, but I pray that there's some young people that would say, I want to be a part of that outflow. Amen. As one generation passes, I don't want that prison ministry to end. I don't want that jail ministry to end. I I don't want that recovery ministry to end. But I want to be involved in the outflow that goes out from this church. And I I want to get a part of that. Why? Because when the outflow happens it always reaches into the lowest of the low and it brings healing and it brings life and when that healing and life comes there's backsliders that are going to come back home and not only backsliders that are going to come back home but there's strangers that never do anything about this when Solomon dedicated the temple man he prayed I don't have the verses right now but you can go home and read it it's in it's in the book of the Kings and also in the book of the Chronicles when, when Solomon dedicated the temple he prayed and he said Lord when the strangers when they hear about your greatness and when they come into this house and to pray unto you he said Lord I want you to hear the strangers prayer and I want you to answer their prayer because they're going to hear of your great name Man, could I speak into this church and say y'all have been allowing the outflow. I'm not here to preach that you need to, but I'm here to say keep on letting the outflow go because when the outflow goes, hallelujah, there's strangers that are going to come in and say, hey, something's moving. I feel something that I've never felt anywhere else. Hallelujah. And their lives are going to be transformed and changed. Hallelujah. They're going to find peace. They're going to find joy. They're going to find a God who loves him in this place. Hallelujah. If you want the river to flow from your life, why don't you come to the front tonight. Jesus said in John 7, John seven thirty-eight and 39, Jesus said, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Can I tell you, if you've received the gift of the Holy Ghost, there's a river that wants to flow out of you. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, Sister Fisher. Keep doing that P7 club. Hallelujah. Keep letting the waters issue out. Why? Because there's healing that's coming. There's healing that's coming. Hallelujah. Let the waters flow forth tonight.